Hello, everyone. This is From the Tips, uh, BMW Championship Edition. I'm John Hasselbauer, golf writer for thelines.com. And in this video, we will go through the second playoff event of the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, the final one before the Tour Championship. Uh, before we kick it off, make sure you are subscribed to the Lines YouTube page uh, right here. Check out my article in the link in the description and make sure you are uh, in the Discord, which is free and also linked in both the article and the uh, the bio or uh, description of this video as well. Uh, that's where I post all my picks in real time. And that's where we discuss everything that's going on in the world of golf uh, on pretty much a daily basis. So uh, definitely a good place to be and not only for golf for all of the other Sports year-round, obviously, uh, NFL is now starting to kick off just before we get to fall. Um, we have, you know, dedicated channels within the Lions Discord for that as well. Um, but let's talk, uh, let's talk golf. I uh, did not watch a ton of FedEx St. Jude last week. I was in Montreal for my bachelor party. Um, it was a great time. It took me a few days to recover. I am here now on Wednesday, um, feeling myself again have my voice back. And um, so I don't really have too much analysis of what went down on last Sunday at FedEx. Obviously, um, interesting stuff, what's going on with Lucas Glover winning back to back, putting himself sort of in the Ryder Cup mix, but really feels like a little too little too late. A um, little bit of a heater, not necessarily sure a, a nice month constitutes a Ryder Cup pick when you have so many other options. But if he continues to play amazing and basically wins out this week and next, then and he wins the the tour championship, then I think you actually have to put him in. Um, and he would actually pair up pretty well with Brian Harmon. They're both kind of sort of southern southern dudes who have been underdogs their whole lives and had renaissance years this year. So that would be an interesting ball striking pairing. Who apparently neither of them, neither of them can miss a putt anymore. Um, we'll see what happens. I. I'm actually starting to think that Justin Thomas's case is building, which is kind of pathetic that he missed the playoffs, but because Finau and Burns and Keegan are just doing absolutely nothing um, at the stretch of the season, it, it almost gives Zach Johnson no choice to pick anybody else over Justin Thomas. I still have uh, Tony Finau in, though, but uh, he hasn't really done a ton to help his case. This is a good course fit for him this week, so... I would like to see a good outing from Tony Fino. I think he definitely deserves to be on the team, but um, a lot is very much up in the air. And this is, I mean, this is a 50 man field, but it's really, I don't, I don't take too much out of the tour championship because it's staggered start and it's kind of hard to track who's playing well, who's not. Um, so this might be the last opportunity for some people to make their final case um, before Zach Johnson locks up the team for, um, you know, towards the end of September and, and, um, you know, after the tour championship, the fall schedule has still not been released, which is interesting. So we don't really know how much more opportunity there is going to be for players to teed up before, um, going off to Rome. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it's very odd that we don't know what the schedule is going to look like in the fall. The format's changing, obviously, um, sort of a, a preseason, almost a, a, a play in situation where, um, everybody outside of the top 70 is kind of vying for um, spots in, in signature fields and just general um, qualification for PGA Tour fields with the limited uh, fields that will be in store for 2024. I do like that we're going to a calendar schedule. That's going to be less confusing that the season starts in, Jan in January 2022 and will end 
basically this time of 2022 or, or 2024, sorry. Um, so We'll we'll see how that goes. I think we we should expect to see some new venues in the fall swing. So will be fun to track that along while also double dipping on some on some football. So it's going to be a fun fall for sure. Um, with all of that said, I think it's a good transition to go into um, the BMW Championship. And uh, for this week, since this is going to post on Wednesday, I think I'll, I'll cut straight to the odds board here so that we can set the table with who is playing, who the favorites are by the end of the week, and, and you know, who has the best chance to win. Um, so if you uh, see on the screen, it is Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler who are co-favorites this week. Interesting to see Rory um, as a co-favorite. He's kind of been the second or third favorite in pretty much every event this year that him, uh, Scheffler and Rom play in, but, uh, coming off a runner up last week at the FedEx, um, obviously another course fit for him this week. That's going to favor more of the longer hitters. He always seems to play well on softer courses and Olympia fields has gotten a ton of rain this week. So definitely going to play to his advantage. Somebody who can carry the ball a mile and, and doesn't need to rely on the rollout of the fairway to get his distance off the tape. Um, I would still take Scheffler heads up if that's a matchup um, this week. Not that I think Rory is going to play poorly, but I just think Scotty Scheffler is, is kind of leaps and bounds the best player uh, right now. And obviously the putter is a concern, but um, it's not a putting contest this week. It's a, it's a tough grind. You don't need to make every birdie putt to gain on the field this week. And uh, Scheffler's game is the best equipped for a difficult test. I, I would still continue to say that. Um, after McElroy and Scheffler, we have John Rom, who won at Olympia Fields in 2020. He is, I thought they would all be sort of grouped together, but there is some separation here uh, with Rom at double digits. That's a number that I consider betting just given the fact that we've only seen Olympia Fields once. He won here and he's still in pretty decent form and still a consensus top three player in the world. Um, interesting to see that some books are grading Rom and Cantley equal this week. Uh, interesting, interesting setup here where you have BMW event history that Cantlay is for some reason incredible at. He's won the last two BMW championships at Caves Valley and then last year at Wilmington Country Club. Um, but I don't believe he played Olympia Fields. If he did, he did not play it well. Um, so from a course history standpoint, he should not be getting the premium that he is here. Um, obviously played great at the FedEx uh, St. Jude last week and always plays well in the playoffs. Um, but it's odd for me to see Cantley and Rom um, put together. I think this entire season, it's been a big three and then Cantley and Xander. And now all of a sudden, because of one good week from Cantley, it's a big four. I don't necessarily buy into that. So uh, a Rom over Cantley um, matchup might be something to look into as well. And then Xander Shoffley, yeah, getting uh, maybe a good value here at 18-1 to 1 is the best odds you can find him. As I said, it's always been Cantlay and Xander paired together at like this 18-16-1 number. Um, he was not great at the FedEx, but never really plays well on those like pure Bermuda greens. This setup should be more his speed. So definitely like Xander in a buy low spot this week. Um, I think that's a good value. Not, not one that I went after, but um, very interesting to see him dip uh, as far as he has. Um, and then you get a more of a collection. I won't go through all of these names, but you get a more of a collection of uh, Hovland, Fleetwood, Hatton, Morikawa, Homa, Spieth, 
and Valor, I would say, is sort of its own group. And I think most people will bet from from this group. They'll want one to two players in the 18 to 30 to one range. That's definitely how I built my card. Um, but if you're somebody who just wants to do a single bullet in a, in a field of 50, take one of the favorites. I think that's a pretty viable strategy this week as well. Um, so that is the field. Now we will go just a little bit to um, to the course itself. Um, so Olympia Fields uh, definitely has the look and feel of a major venue. That is because it has hosted a U.S. Open and a PGA Championship uh, two times each. So four total majors have been contested here. Um, but we've only been here once since 2003, and that was the 2020 BMW Championship. Um, from In my opinion, that is the best finish to a tournament we've had since the COVID restart, it's kind of a shame that it was right in the middle of the COVID restart because there were no fans, no grandstands. It kind of had this like hollow atmosphere feeling, but it was like nice at the time to see live golf and see live sports in general. I think a lot of uh, casual sports fans were watching that. Um, and it was, a, it, you couldn't have scripted a better finish. It was the OWGR number one versus the OWGR number two in a playoff. That was John Rahm and Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson hit, I want to say, a 50-foot bomb to force um, the the playoff. And then in the first round of the playoff, John Rahm hit like a 70-foot uh, ridiculous putt to, you know, the the reception of like two or three smatterings of claps. It, it's one of those moments that would have been like the biggest eruption in golf viewing history had it gone in, or at least for a PGA Tour event, not a, not a major. Um, and it, it get like a, a smattering of applause and you hear John Rahm screaming as he should. Um, just a really cool finish though, atmosphere aside. Um, it's always great when a course rewards the two best players and you see them show down against each other. I really can't remember the last time we had a one verse two showdown since then. So this is the type of course that will force that the, uh, the cream should rise to the top in a difficult scoring venue like this. Just a, a quick about the course. It's, uh, just under 7,400 yards, par 72 par fives, each of them over 600 yards. Um, in soft conditions, they may not be reachable for anyone this week. I always say that, and then they push the tee boxes up or somebody just hits it 350, 300, and they get there anyway. Um, but we shouldn't expect a ton of eagles there. Birdies, on the other hand, um, the first hole is a 600-yard par 5, and it did play the easiest and the only um, hole to average um, more than half a stroke un or more than a, a tenth of a stroke. Uh, under par. So by and large, every hole aside from hole number one uh, was averaging even par or or worse. Um, so it's a tough course. Um, fair fairways, like not impossible to hit fairways, but if you miss them, it's a big trouble in the rough. Um, the greens were extremely firm and fast in 2020. They should be less firm with the amount of rain that they've gotten. Um, so that may help with scoring a little bit this year, but minus four was enough to win in 2020 when we played Olympia Fields. It'll probably be more like minus seven, minus eight um, this year, but I would definitely expect, since it's a fairly long par 70 with a bunch of long par fours, not a lot of obvious scoring, oper like birdie opportunity holes, um, I, I would definitely expect, and, and especially with a field of only 50 players, I would expect there to be um, single digits under par be the winning score. 
Um, this is a no-cut event. It is just the 50 best players in the PG Tour remaining. So everybody will be playing for four rounds, and they are all trying to get into the top 30 to get into East Lake. Uh, honestly, I'm, it's hard for me to keep track of what the perks are of making it to East Lake versus being in the top 50 versus being in the top 70. Uh, it used to be that you can make your own schedule if you make it into East Lake, and uh, you qualify for every event. Um, I, would, I would assume that that's still the case this year, but I don't know what perks um, the players who miss out on the top 30, but we're in the 50, um, what, what they still retain. So maybe that will become more clear when the fall schedule is released, but in any case, everybody wants to be in the top 30. So it should be good drama tracking, um, who gets in and who, who does not for, uh, for easily. Now, uh, let's pivot it to the model for this week again uh posting this on wednesday so i'm kind of going straight to the point with this preview but um in general at olympia fields you want scoring in difficult conditions recent results in majors or other difficult comp courses um premium on total driving so driving distance and accuracy with the driver all the ball striking stats are important approach and approach specifically from 125 to 175 was crucial last year and then, or sorry, in 2020. And then um, bogey avoidance will obviously um, come into play here with um, so few obvious birdie opportunities, sometimes just scrambling consistently. Look at what Brian Harmon did at the Open. Um, that can be enough to win a golf tournament. So that is uh, largely the the broad um key stats that I'm looking for this week. This first uh, column, by the way, column F, this is comp course history. So total strokes gain on comp courses. And um, just to share a few, I'm looking at like Torrey Pines, uh, Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, TPC Potomac is, is probably my favorite uh, comp course Two Olympia fields, both par seventies with two par fives that are over 600 yards, difficult scoring conditions, soft scoring conditions, really. Um, and difficult in spite of them getting a ton of rain, uh, bent grass and, and just like not a very close part of the country, but also not tremendously far, um, part of the country, sort of like, I don't know, more North. Um, so I, I really like TPC Potomac, Max Homa beat, uh, Cam Young, uh, Keegan Bradley and Matt Fitzpatrick, um, at TPC Potomac last season. So something to that I will definitely be looking closely at. Um, I think Oak Hill works very well as a comp here as well, um, and other major venues like Beth Page. And uh, we mentioned like Torrey Pines and Quill Hollow uh, and the Country Club, the U.S. Open of 2022, I think are all good. So that's kind of where my head is at, and I put my most weight on comp course history because the rough and the length um, and just the overall difficulty of the course will uh, kind of give Olympia Fields its identity. After that, um, off the tee approach around the green, put them all individually with high weights, bogey avoidance, uh, tee to green over a smaller sample size, proximity from 125 to 175. Uh, anytime we're playing on difficult scoring conditions, I always look for par fours over 450. Um, I want to say there are seven of those this week, or if not, they're like 445 plus. So, um, that's always an interesting, um, a, a pretty predictive stat, honestly, if you even just cheat and look ahead, like everybody, this isn't even a stat with that much weight and everyone in the top seven of my model is top eight in uh par four, four fifty plus. So, 
Um, I'm going to look pretty closely on that and make a lot of decisions off of that. Uh, this is putting on bent, driving distance, fairway accuracy, um, and putting total over the last 36. That is the model. So going into the model results, Scotty Scheffler's number one. I didn't put a lot of weight on putting, and I think that's why there, there's just no question why um, Scotty Scheffler would come out number one. He's the best off the tee approach around the green, tee to green. Ridiculous what he's doing this year. So obviously he would come out number one. Uh, Patrick Cantley, number two, he was number one in my model last week at, at the FedEx St. Jude and he almost won it. He very easily could have won it. Um, if, if Glover didn't have a, a couple 20 plus foot par saves, uh, down the stretch. So, um, he comes alive in the playoffs, not somebody I'm going to fade this week. Um, even though the, the odds are, are pretty short. Victor Hovland won the Memorial. That was a comp course I forgot to mention, but that should translate well. If you can win the Memorial, you can absolutely win here. So he's number three. Tyrrell Hatton coming off a disappointing uh, showing at TPC Southwind, but he's number four. McElroy, five. Fleetwood, number six. Xander, seven. Uh, Jordan Speed, number eight. John Rom down here at number nine. That's a little surprising. Off the tee has been a little shaky um, recently, as has uh, around the green. So that's interesting. He's been getting it all done with his approach, and he falls to number nine. And then uh, Ricky Fowler, number, number 10 in the model. Now, um, let's pivot this once more to who I will be putting on my betting card. And we will. There we go. So a field of 50. Last week was a field of 70, and I bet seven guys. I bet 10% of the field this week. I ended up doing the same. That was kind of a coincidence, but... Uh, 50 players, five on my betting card. We have a 10% chance to win, all things being equal. Um, I started my card with Tommy Fleetwood. Um, he was number six in my model. I actually got him at 25 to one through um, enhanced odds on Bet, uh, Bet Rivers. Um, 25 to one feels short. I would argue in a field of 70, if you really double those odds, that's really what you would expect them to be in a full field. Um, since we're playing basically a third of a normal size field and it's so densely um, concentrated at the top. Um, like we saw with Lucas Glover last week, I think the playoffs are where you buy high on somebody. I don't think you get surprised by somebody who's kind of limping to the finish and they all of a sudden find it in the last playoff event. Um, I, I just want the guys who are playing the best. And Tommy Fleetwood has been on an insane tear. He's, he's been uh, in the top 10 in five of his last six He's really found something with his putting. Um, you can see his eighth in Shores game putting here, um, which I believe is on bent or no, that's over the last 36. And okay. So on bent, it's a little, it's not as great, but that's also longer term in the immediate. He switched to that claw grip and he's gotten immediate uh, dividends out of it. His ball striking has been phenomenal and his, his driving total driving. He hits his driver in the fairway. Um, and he doesn't really give up distance. He's 23rd. He's above average in that as well. So uh, he's doing everything you want to see from a player playing a major-like um, venue. And uh, the form is, there's no question about the form. So I like that number. Um, Hideki Matsuyama was 13th in my model. He was my featured spotlight player in my tournament preview. So you can read up for all the details on why I like Matsuyama this week in that preview article on thelines.com. Um, I got him at 35 to one and I just think he's kind of trending towards a win. He's finished 
top 35 and 11 of his last 13 starts. Um, so he's been solid. He hasn't really been in the stretch in, in the mix down the stretch, but, uh, he's Deki Matsuyama. He could definitely pop it at, at any given moment. And I don't think the putter is completely lost either. I think he's kind of improving in that area as, as, um, the year goes on. Max Homa, uh, was number 14th in my model. I got him at 28 to one in the enhanced odds as well. Um, he is really trending as well. His last four finishes or four starts ago, he finished T20 and then he went T12, T, T10, T8 or something. So he's definitely trending in the right direction. He's somebody who really does trend into his wins. Uh, once he gets that, the ball striking figured out, it's so repeatable for him. And we've seen how great he is down the stretch. If you have a Homa outright ticket and he's in the mix, you, you kind of just expect him to close it out. Uh, I'm really chasing this TPC Potomac comp and he won there. Uh, every, everything that you know made sense for Homa on that venue seems like he can channel that here. Keegan Bradley's next. Um, actually got him at 70 to one. Um, still like that number. Somebody who has won the BMW championship before played well at TPC Potomac has played well in general on comp courses like, um, like Bay Hill and Torrey Pines. He actually finished runner up to Max Homa at both Torrey Pines and TPC Potomac. So some sort of correlation between those two. Keegan's never putted better in his career than he's putting right now. And he's desperate to, uh, find a way on the Ryder cup team. So I think he's going to be motivated, uh, and give it everything he has this week. And Adam Shank, someone who's just kind of getting disrespected, um, with odds, I, I think the entire season, his stats have been remarkable this year. He's top 10, uh, on strokes gained approach. He's top 10 in driving distance. Um, his weighted, uh, proximity 125 to 175 is also top 10. Uh, and, and he just generally kind of plays the difficult courses pretty well. I know he's popped, um, for like three out of four rounds at Torrey Pines for the farmers the last two years. Um, Kind of showed up at the U.S. Open this year or last year, too, which was a little surprising. So um, he plays well. It doesn't have to be birdie fest. His game kind of translates because of that driving distance that he's picked up. Um, and he's just somebody who can really spike with the approach and putting and hit it far. And if you can do that, you can win pretty much anywhere. Um, he's one of the longest odds available on the board. I I don't think there's a bad bet that exists when you come down to the um, 50 best players on the tour season. There's only 50 players in the field and you can get triple digit odds. If, if there's anything you like about them, I think it's, it's worth it to pull the trigger. So I got him at 130, and I think I would definitely endorse that at anything 100 plus. Um, okay. So that is going to do it. Those are my five, uh, bets for this week. Um, quick week uh next week will be with sort of the last week of the playoffs and definitely a shorter card i might do one maybe two outrights and and a couple specialty props but other than that um gonna be an interesting fall swing for sure looking forward to um one of the last full normal weeks of golf this week so uh that'll wrap it up here best of luck to all of you guys uh and your golf bets and thank you as always for watching 